0: Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Joining me, Jason William Johnson uh, from the Chicago Urban League. Welcome to the show, Jason.
1: Como estas?
0: <laughs> I should say welcome back because you've been on the show before. Um, and we talked about it then, and we were supposed to have a meal and, and a couple other people, but it's just a, a busy, busy weekend in Chicago. Uh, and so we didn't have a chance to do that, but we, you and I will be able to hold it down. Uh, we're going to have a conversation today about, uh, I would say, Overarchingly, it's diversity in Chicago Tech, uh, and some depending on who you ask, we hang our hat on trying to be you know better at it than other places, but still have so much work to do that I think it probably warrants like a four hour show, but we're just going to go ahead and, and do it with a, about twenty minutes. Uh, and then, of course, per the usual on the Startup Showcase, there is the Startup Showcase segment. Uh, the second half of the show, we're going to have really, in my opinion, two amazing stories. Uh, one of the best we've ever had in Frederick Hudson from Pigeon Lee, literally created a multi 1000000 dollar business while in prison.
1: Uh, Frederick's on here today? Yeah, Frederick's calling uh, Frederick in, yeah. is my guy. Yeah. so you, Both
0: power moves along and
1: everything. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: well, then, yeah. yeah. So then I know where you're – so your bias is what you're saying. So that that's – that...
1: I, I, No, I'm going to keep an objective perspective, but yeah, uh, yeah, Frederick's dope.
0: Yeah, no, he's a good dude. Uh, and then also Ofo uh, from uh, Who's Your Landlord is going to uh, call in as well, and we'll have a chance to – you as well as us have a chance to invest in either one of those companies or both. So we'll pick that out when we when we hear their pitch. Um, they actually were at the Startup Showcase event, our main event, last Tuesday, uh, and both pitched on stage and did an incredible job. So I have no doubt that they're going to be great for you guys, too. For those of you who are unaware, we host events that are like this show. Uh, you can go to showcase uh, our showcase events. It's events.technory.com. And uh, the next one I think we're going to do is the end of May, I believe the end of May. And uh, from there, you can listen and meet and talk to all these people and invest in them. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, so it's going to be a good time. But without further ado, Jason, uh, give me a quick update on on what's going on with you and in, in the Chicago Urban League and everything else. So um, pretty much
1: uh, what's going on with us currently, we're launching our next startup um, cohort, which starts tomorrow, which starts Sunday, Monday. Um, so it's a six week program that teaches, um, different businesses, how to launch a venture from startup to mission, vision, a financial projections, growth plan, the whole nine. And we're also launching our next deal program, which is a procurement based program, which teaches business owners how to utilize procurement to, um, accelerate their growth and to build their capacity. Also, we have a, um, we have a conference coming up 18th, our woke entrepreneurship summit, which woke stands for wealth, opportunity, knowledge, and expertise, at which Scott will be a presenter. Uh, excited to have you on board. Um, so, it's a one day conference um, hyper focused on millennial entrepreneurs 21 to 40. Um, so, there's going to be two tracks the launch it track which teaches people how to launch a venture and then the scale it track which teaches existing business owners how to scale their venture so it's going to be a great event um it's not going to, it's going to be an atypical conference we're probably going to have like trap music in the exhibit halls it's going to be awesome so awesome
0: yeah that's the kind of conference i want to go to I'm, I'm honestly i was asked about it before we did our showcase event last tuesday if i was going to do it more of like a full day if we're going to move to that I'm like I don't know if I'm the only one out there, but I just don't have the attention span for a full day, nor do I have the time for it. And it just gets so boring, just like one speaker after another, after another. It's like, give me some music, give me some food, give me some drinks, let's have a good time. But then also I want to learn a lot of cool stuff and meet with people. So uh, I feel like... Now is a good time to disrupt the conference world. Exactly. We didn't want
1: this to be a um typical time conference. So our partner at U.S. Bank, which is sponsoring the event, Eva Brown, we both was like, well, we should like I- employ an anti suit. Like nobody yeah. can come in with a suit. Like we just want it to be a very laid back environment. Because when you look at millennials and Oregon trailers, which me, I mean, you are probably like Oregon yeah. trailers, like those hybrid millennials. Um we want, we want to learn, we want to gain knowledge, but we don't want it to be like all stuffy and we don't want it to be all like corporate hard. My name is Jason William Johnson. Would you like to sign up for five links? Like, we just want it to be like a really chill, laid back environment. So we're trying to create something different and unique with this conference and it's going to be a great experience. And we're also going to have it at, at Blue Lacona. so oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why Emil
0: should have yep. been here. But anyway, um, no, the, uh, This is going to sound, I don't even know how this sounds, but like I go to all these events all the time and I see the name tags and I just, I throw them out. No name tags. We're not not, not doing name tags either. That tells me it's like, that's a bad, when I walk into this name tag booth, I'm like, this is a bad sign. Yeah. Yeah. Because it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it means by default, basically, that the, they didn't do a good job of designing the conference to where you're going to meet people. Right. Exactly. Like, what's your name?
1: Right. So, So yeah. So, what we're working on, we're working on some things where we can make it a, a really immersive experience where people are naturally connecting, et cetera, et cetera. So, I'm just looking forward to executing this. Um, look, I'm glad that you're on board. Uh, we have an amazing group of, of presenters who are going to do like the breakout sessions. It's going to be an amazing experience.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I guess, you know, no better segue than this uh to kind of start the conversation uh we'll have to take a break at some point in the middle here we will come back and continue this conversation but you know this event and many others and we've tried to do several on our side to to sort of create an event that represents the community that we want to work and live in and Mm -hmm. and i know that you have strong thoughts on this topic and so we'll we'll save the main good question topic for after this uh, short break so that you don't get interrupted uh but i i guess where i want to start this is Chicago has there's two things Chicago has this incredible opportunity in front of them um, if they want to tackle it which is to say we're gonna build the largest most inclusive and diverse tech community in the country because why would you it's, a, it's the stupidest thing why would you leave out half the population and their assets like it just exactly. is dumb to me um, but on the same token you, you see I'm seeing a lot of marketing of this and I'm seeing a lot of people uh, try to take advantage of of this need in a not-so-on-the-level uh, way. And so I want to talk to you after the break. We're going to take our break here, but I, I want to talk to you after the break about, one, what we offer that's great, what we don't have that we're missing, and then last but not least, how do we how do we police the system a little better so that <clears throat> we don't have a bunch of people running around just trying to profit off of it. So Absolutely. We will uh, take a break. This is Jason William Johnson. I'm Scott Catoone. You're listening to WGN Radio AM 720. Um, I mentioned to you, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, what Chicago has going for it when it comes to diversity, what it's missing and needs, and then how do we do a little bit of policing? Because anytime you see something like the like a particular diversity, because it's a it's an easy, this sounds crass, but it's it's an easy way to make money because you can lure in big brands and big corporations who are willing to drop anything right. they can for the for the optics on it. And so we we've, we've got to do a, a better job because I've seen I get invited to a lot of events as I'm sure you do too and i look at them, and i start reading down the the list of who's participating. i know mm-hmm. immediately this is a scam. Right. So, uh i'm going to leave it to you on this one. What what do you what right now, especially in your position at, at Chicago Urban League, what do you see as the best about Chicago when it comes to diversity? So, the gr- the great thing about Chicago as regarding diversity is we actually have
1: like some great advocacy groups yeah. that's definitely like um, you know, blowing the blue the the, the bullhorn and definitely like bringing this conversation to the individuals that need to have it. Like, so we have like, um, I'm black in tech, Thomas Stovall, his organization. Um, they have the largest, um, panel, of you know founders um in the midwest talking about issues regarding black founders and things of that nature and you also have black tech method te- black tech mecca fabian ellie and his organization um started uh, regarding working on creating the narrative of the black tech ecosystem keeping the metrics and all of those different things so we have some major players um in some great positions to push the narrative as far as creating a more inclusive um, tech tech ecosystem for blacks and um, Latinx um, communities. So that's a great advantage that we have right there. Another thing that we have, and there are several articles that say says this is that Chicago creates the most profitable tech startups because with MIT with the Midwestern investor style, um, there's a more of an emphasis on the B2B, you know, business model and
0: revenue positive first. and resident
1: and revenue positive. So you're not going to really get funding here until you have a couple of clients and you're able to show some traction as far as getting getting customers, generating some revenue, for, where angel investors and then you know, um, some some venture capital firms to start investing in you. And that's a, and that culture is also an advantage. So when you create this whole um storm of okay, we have people out here advocating on the behalf of black and brown communities as far as being more inclusive um, regarding tech startups and then you have a a a culture where it's like okay you're not gonna get funded unless you create create a viable business model. It creates a a great opportunity.
0: I, I think so I agree. I have my own kind of opinion on the on the funding style in Chicago. I think it was good it's good as a safety net But I think that one of the reasons that we get outpaced by the coast is that our investors, whether it's because of lack of money or whatever the case, risk tolerance, uh, are not willing to to double down and and take and invest 10, 20, 50 million into companies that maybe aren't worth that right now, but uh, it enables them to solve entire problems and and take bigger steps. And that's why we get outpaced. So I, I think from that regard, I would actually like to see Chicago get away a little bit from. The super super conservative revenue first. I, I believe in it. I, I believe it, it, it from is. fundamentals, but I I I struggle there. But there's a positive to this because the underlying culture of Chicagoland and Midwest in general is this conservative fundamentals. I do think that unlike and this is not uh, for all any really of the right reasons, uh, but it does exist nonetheless. That Why I think underrepresented groups can succeed faster, better, or at least have a better chance here in Chicago and the Midwest than in the coast is that because of the fundamentals, if let's say in the next year uh, investors decide they're going to be more risk tolerant and they start dumping tons of capital in. Some of the smaller investors are going to feel like they're, going to, they're not participating in that, like mm-hmm. they're not putting their money in that deal. And so the only deals that are going to be on the table for them are those that would have never been even looked at in the first place. So it's not for the right reasons at all, but I do think that it creates a balanced system where really anyone can succeed. And then you factor in what we're doing with technology with all the equity crowdfunding. Essentially, our the whole reason behind equity crowdfunding for us is that... First-time founder, minority founder, female founder, those are the people who have the hardest time raising capital to get started. And I'm saying to you, don't waste your time in a meeting with some investor who's going to make you do something stupid when you can just go to the audience here and say, I've got a great idea. Do you want to participate? Like That, to me, makes it a a lot easier for anyone to get involved.
1: And that's a great point, because with black and brown communities and and women um, founders, sometimes, especially with black and brown communities, that that friends and family round doesn't exist. Because number one, your family doesn't have They'll the money access to wealth. Or or have the access to wealth. Or number two, and this is my personal experience with my startup, you have a relative who's wealthy, but it's like, oh, you gotta cut your own, you know, you know, um chops, you gotta do this on your own. Yeah. And I don't know why that's like a a a mindset um in our communities but that's just the reality of the thing so like when you have black and brown founders they don't have that same access to that friends and family round i would agree totally. yeah so like the equity crowd equity crowdfunding and then other things such as using platforms like such as bubble yep. to be able to build your mvp where okay you don't need to be able to ha- hire uh, um you don't need to hire Uh, a a firm to build build your platform and being able to build it yourself all of those things are just ways to to make the tech ecosystem more inclusive to to get black and brown founders to access to be able to launch their mvps you know test it get that feedback that they need to in order to scale it and all of those different things
0: no i I agree um because we on a show with a ton of commercials, let's chat a little bit about the, ba- the bad side. So there's, and there's a lot of it. I mean, in Chicago and Illinois, you can argue all day long on the crime and everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and that's different, but still related to reasons behind why there's a lack of opportunity. And from your standpoint, what are the things that you think are flat out missing or just flat out wrong with, with our ecosystem that need improvement? So, the first
1: thing with Chicago is a highly networked city. Yep. So um, there's other markets you can go to and it's like you meet a couple people and then you're included into the ecosystem. Chicago is a highly networked city because with cities like Chicago and New York and L.A., people you don't have you have transplants, but you have a lot of people who stay yep. right just because you're in a world class city. Um, so with that being said, you have to have those relationships enabled to get in. So one of the issues that, um, minority finders have founders have in general, and this is what we build our curriculum around at the Chicago urban league center for entrepreneurship and innovation is the fact that there's um, a lack of access to mentorship, right? And that lack of access to mentorship creates a, a whole bunch of different problems because, okay, if I live on the South side of Chicago, and I don't have relationships with some of these people who are movers and shakers. Then how do I get the knowledge, right? Yeah. To, to run the company? How do I get access to the markets as far as someone who can introduce me to potential customers? You know, how do I get the access to capital? So the whole issue with black founders and, and Latino founders and founders of color in Chicago is the fact that the city is highly networked. And if you don't have access to those networks, you're not able to leverage some of those relationships that'll take your business to the next level. So that's one of the challenges that we have right now. So one of the things, the things that you're doing with a Technori, as far as you're like, Hey, you know, equity crowdfunding. You have a great idea. You know, there's some access to develop some relationships. Not to speak personally as a black founder of a startup. You know, when I did TechNori, it opened the door for all type of different opportunities and relationships to develop and things of that nature. So, you know, kudos to you guys for creating that exposure for not only just, you know, founders in general, but, you know, black and brown founders, found, you know, uh, um, women founders as far as creating those opportunities to develop those additional networks.
0: We've, so we've got less than a minute left, but I want <clears throat> to ask you with regard to that. You mentioned the networking. How do we police it so that it's not so that people like you and people like Emil and people like Thomas and people like Fabian uh, and and numerous other people uh, can make sure that these events and things are for good and not for the negative purposes.
1: I mean, the challenging thing is that you can't really police it per se. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about people ethics, right? Yeah, which and, many
0: people have very poor ethics.
1: Exactly. And then number two. I mean there has to be a realization and this is a larger I don't mean to get a super woke on the um, on, on on the show, but it. there's larger there's larger issues, right? There's larger issues that explain why only, you know, one percent of, of venture back firms have black fa- black founders. Yep. There's larger issues that explain why only less than one percent of, you know, um talent at like you know, who have engineering positions at some of the top tech firms um, are minorities, right? Well, we got,
0: so, so we got to roll on this one, but I'm going to tell you, this is my take on, on, finish, on trying to solve that. We will have minority and underrepresented founders who use equity crowdfunding instead of investors, and they're going to make millions and millions of dollars, and those investors are going to miss the opportunity, and they're going to wake up. That's how it's going to have to go. Because we, we've waited too long on it, so right. it's time to just move on with it. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here and come back with the news. I'm Scott Katoon. This is Jason William Johnson. We're sitting here talking on WGN Radio, AM 720. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Joining me, Jason William Johnson from Chicago Urban League. Uh, I wish you guys could have listened. If, you, if you're friends with Jason on Facebook, you got a chance to listen to this live stream uh, conversation. Conversation where we kept on with this. If we had all day long, we could go all day long in this because the, the conversation is, is so deep and true and there's so many things that um, disparities in the community, uh, particularly in the tech community between African-American founders and Latino founders and female founders and white founders, um, and the, the, to simply measure it based on number of companies filed and the amount of money that they raise is just not even comparable. Uh, it comes down to the resources and access to resources, which Jason, you made very clear. Uh, there are not a lot of them for the African-American founders and that, that's got to change and as i said before we hit the break i think the only way that you ever get a bunch of old rich dudes to to change what they're doing is to take their their money away mm-hmm. And so we're going to do that um, without. Further, we, no, we're, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I go to these meetings. You see this like old bald white dude standing there with his pocketbook. And it's like, I don't need you. Right. I don't need you. I, we got all, we got millions of people like us who are working our butts off every day and we can fund our own things. So we're going to do that. Um, speaking of funding our own things, you can register on Republic, republic.co backslash register. Uh, and you can register right now, and you can invest in the companies that are going to be pitching next. We've got Frederick Hudson, who I know, Jason, you know well, uh, from Pigeonly, also pitched on our stage on Tuesday. Frederick, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How yes, are you? Yes, good. How are you doing? Hey, what up, Fred? It's Jason. Convo.
1: Hey, hey Jason. How, Power are you, man. how are you? How are you? Yeah, doing pretty good. How about yourself?
2: Yeah. I'm doing well, man. Doing well.
0: Excellent. Hey, thank you for, uh, again, for coming to the showcase. Hopefully you had a good time. Um, and we had, I told you before we had the meal was going to be on the show. I will make sure to make intros. I know you already know Jason, so you guys can pick it up from there. Um, having done this already, you know, the, the deal. So what we're going to have you do is give a three minute pitch on, on pigeonly. Um, you know, and then, uh, Jason and I will give you kind of some Q and a with it. The audience can go ahead and invest in you or we will invest in you or everyone's going to invest in you hopefully. Uh, so without further ado, take it away. Frederick.
2: Sure. So my name is Frederick Hudson. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of Pigeonly. And um, in a sentence, um, what Pigeonly does is we make it easy for people to search, find, and communicate with their loved ones in prison. Um, this idea um, started with me. Um, I served close to five years in federal prison for distribution of marijuana. And it was during those you know long five years that I realized that there's this huge population of people that no one was paying attention to and more importantly, that it that we all had the same problem. It was incredibly difficult and more importantly, super expensive for us to stay in touch with our support network on the outside. <clears throat> and I knew that technology was at more than a place um to address and to fix that. So um when I was released, I got with my co-founder, Alphonse Brooks, and I said, Hey, you know, you know, we can fix this, you know, um, you know, let's get together and put something in and, and build the first version of what Pisley is today. And, you know, he was with it. So, you know, we launched the company. And fast forward to today, we have subscribers in over 88 countries. Um, we're one of the largest independent, low-cost providers of inmate services. Um, we raised a little over $5 million in venture capital um, from, you know, impact and non-traditional investors. Um, and, you know, we have a team of 18 that we're super excited. We offer six products. Um, one of our flagship product is a telephone product that makes it easy for people to save money on expensive prison phone calls. Um, and then we have five other products that are around the mailing and fulfillment space, where it essentially allows people to easily send printed photos, letters, greeting cards, postcards, or even articles that they read online um, with their incarcerated loved ones from any cell phone, tablet, or computer, and all of this technology is is um, powered and backed by. Um, an inmate um, database that we built that we call Haystack that basically um, makes it possible for us to search, find um, anyone who's in the um, incarcerated all over the U.S. and gives us data of, you know, where they're located, um, when they're scheduled to be released, um, age, name, race, sex, et cetera. And this allows family members to find them because most people may know their uncle or their brother or their sister whoever's in prison, but they don't necessarily know in order, if I, if I want to send that person a letter, I need to send it to this specific PO box. Or if I wanted to, you know, receive phone calls from them, I have to set up an account with this specific phone provider. Most people don't know those types of things, so we basically built an interface, a super easy to use interface that allows people not only to search, find, and connect, but also once they do that, um, be able to stay in touch with them for an extremely low cost. Um, you know, basically disrupting this you know, predatory billion-dollar
0: industry. Uh, obviously, you know how I feel about it. I think it's incredible what you're doing. The story of yours is one of the most powerful ones we've ever had on stage. <clears throat> one of the facts that you mentioned on stage uh, is the impact that this has, uh, this being uh, staying in communication with those on the outside, uh, that it has on people becoming repeat offenders or ending up reincarcerated. Uh, what kind of an impact do you guys see for those who r- remain in contact with loved ones outside of out of wherever they're serving time?
2: yeah absolutely so you know something that i just observed from just being in prison i noticed that the people who financially could afford to stay in touch with their loved ones those inmates i didn't see returned back and over the reverse was true for the people who could not um and i later found out that my simple observation was backed up by over 40 years of research that clearly shows that communication um, is extremely important that isolation is literally the worst possible thing that can happen to inmates because the data the the data shows that at least ninety seven percent of people who are currently in prison right now, out of the two point three million who's in prison right now, do not have life sentences. Which means they're going to be released at some point in the future. So the real question people have asked themselves is what type of person they want to release, um, and you know that affects. Everyone, regardless if you personally know someone in prison or not. So, um, you know, what we hope to see is because we're making communication more available, because we're making it more affordable, um, you know, we're not penalizing the person that, you know, the, the inmate is relying on. So, regardless of why someone may be in jail, the person who's bearing that cost is not the inmate, it's the family and support network on the outside. So, by making it affordable, um you know, it's it's we think that that recidivism rate will drop and will lower.
0: Right, I definitely agree before I kick it to Jason with some questions, the one last question I have is, you guys are revenue you guys make make money already. what What kind of revenue numbers are you guys shooting right now?
2: Yeah, so we did um, a little over two million last year, and we'll're on track to do um, about three point five million this year. Um, so, yeah, we, we expect to be um, profitable over the next couple months.
0: Very, very cool. Jason, any questions? we got about a minute. Uh,
1: I'm already familiar with the company. Yep. Um, I know Fred's story. Um, awesome, brother. Um, appreciate the work that you're doing. The fact that you're revenue positive you. this early in the game is awesome because, like, we were talking on the break. Oftentimes, minority founders don't have the time to kind of figure out that
0: business model. They don't get the runway like us. They'll get do. the
1: runway. They, yeah, they, they don't. So the fact that you figured it out as fast as you figured it out, um, is just yeah, just just amazing. I really don't have any questions because I'm I'm familiar with the business already. I'm familiar with Fred, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Very cool, Frederick. Thank you very much for taking the time to call in on the show again. Uh, we'll be sharing. Thank you, ben. We'll be sharing your link. It is uh, if you can repeat it. It's republic.co backslash pigeonly. Correct.
2: Yes, yes, republic.co backslash pigeonly. That's P-I-G-E-O-N-L-Y.
0: Very cool. Thanks, Frederick, so much. Have a good weekend. All
2: right, thank you.
0: Yep. Uh, I mean, they, he already got like 150 or 100 for me at the showcase. I'm going to put another 100 into him. I mean, I just, I love it. He left out the fact that he, he's a, a graduate of Y Combinator, I believe 500 startups yep. even participated in this. I and- mean, he's
1: a humble, he's a very humble guy. I mean, one of the things, so, so. The way I know Fred, I was in Power Moves Miami. So Power Moves is one of the largest accelerator boot camps for minority founders in the country. A lot of people who do Power Moves ends up, end up in Y Combinator. Um, so the thing, so the thing is, one of the, one of the things that the gentleman who, um, um, who was facilitating the boot camp, Tom, he stated, it was like, when I met Fred, you know, he didn't really know the lingo but he already knew all of his key metrics. He yep. wasn't using the language yep. that, people, that startups use, et cetera, et cetera, but he knew all of his key numbers and all of those different things.
0: Well, that's, I, that's what we're looking for in a founder. Yeah, um, they're doing
1: great work. They're awesome, doing great
0: Awesome, awesome stuff. I highly recommend you guys check it out and invest in it if you want to. Uh, it will be on our Facebook page, at Technori. You can follow us, at Technori on Twitter and Facebook. Follow me, at Uh Anyway, we're going to take another break here. I am Scott Katoon, WGN Radio, AM 720, and this is jason william johnson welcome back to the startup showcase as mentioned before if you want to participate on the show you can always call in 312-981-7200 you can tweet at us uh at technori on on twitter you can facebook message us or write comments try to keep it clean at technori on facebook and of course you can write anything you want to say to me uh clean or otherwise on twitter at uh at katoon uh jason Thank you again for spending the time on the show here. We had uh we had Frederick uh, from Pigeon just pitched, did an incredible job. Uh, we've got another one to choose from. And usually the premise of this is that like two people pitch and then we choose the best one. In this case, it's really hard because like we had both of them on the showcase. I know that they're awesome, so I feel like uh, probably putting some capital on them regardless. Uh, so without further ado, uh I wanna have Ofo from Who's Your Landlord join us in the show. Ofo, are you there? I am here. Welcome. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks Hi for you, coming Alva. in. <clears throat> So uh, no problem. Glad uh, to be here. Yeah, no, of course. And, and so, again, I wanted to thank you for, for participating in the showcase. You did a fantastic job. We heard tons of feedback from people saying that they loved uh, loved your idea. And so I thought, why not bring you on this show as well? Uh, and so we've got Jason from Chicago Urban League, myself. Uh, we're going to have you go ahead and give us your pitch again. You know the deal. Uh, I'll give you about three minutes to pitch it, and then we'll uh, open some Q&A. And, if, again, if the audience has questions about it, uh, feel free to call us at 312-981-7200. Uh, and, again, republic.co backslash register. You can register right now. I'll link your accounts and invest in these companies for as little as 10 bucks. Uh, Ofo, I'm going to leave it with you right now.
3: Awesome, awesome. Uh, so, my name is Ofo, as mentioned, um, CEO and co founder of Who's Your Landlord, where the entire goal is to empower and to inform the rental community uh, by providing access to landlord reviews. Uh, community and neighborhood-driven content, and also by providing access to quality listings. Uh, The way that idea really came about was a few years ago, I was a senior at Temple University um, out of North Philly, was the vice president of the student body, and students would complain to me about a ton of different issues. but what we found was housing was clearly the number one issue that students were facing. And we were we were hearing back from them the issues they were facing when it came to the security deposits not being returned, black mold being painted over, many female tenants being hit on by their landlords. Um, we just saw so many different file things and, and thought we had to create a platform to help address this issue. Um, so we created Who's Your Landlord, um, which, been, which now has over 400,000 renters in our community. We're growing our user base at 25% month over month. We have over a half million listings across the U.S., mostly focused in the Northeast. And we have over 10,000 reviews between New York, Philly, and D.C. Um, We really, really focus heavily on making sure that we're able to help the renters because we feel like for a lot of them, they're under-informed in terms of what to look for in a certain situation, how to move about their their living situation, and if the rental industry lacks transparency. Um, And so our solution was to create a community of Peer-generated peer insight, all about landlord reviews, neighborhood insights, and resources. Um, we, we the way we generate revenue is through our content. So we produce about three to five pieces of content, written in video, each week through our community, which is our blog. Um, we have over 50,000 readers per month. That, that reader base is growing at 45% month over month. Um, we generate revenue through having companies like Allstate, Broadway Moving, American Express. Um, a lot of times they'll sponsor content and or you know, we create curated content and they'll pay us tens of thousands of dollars to get in front of our user base. Um, we also have a partnership with TransUnion where we split revenue on credit reporting, background checks, and eviction history. Um, and then we also, um, in the future, will charge landlords to post their listings, um, so a subscription fee each month. Um, you've probably seen us or heard of us, probably in the New York Post. Now this news blavity or Philadelphia Inquirer. We've been out there for for a little bit, getting the word out. Um, and so the next step for us really is closing this round on the Republic, that we're able to allocate that capital towards the creation of more content, which means more value add to our renters, more revenue, um, and also being able to expand our market base. So. We're not just focusing more on New York, Philly, and DC, but we're able to expand to cities like Chicago, San Francisco, and LA. Um, so you can check us out at republic.co slash who's your landlord. That's W H uh, O S E,
1: your landlord. Join the community.
0: Very cool. Great job, OFO. Uh, Jason, questions, things that come into your mind when you hear the pitch?
1: Number one, I think is a great pitch. I think when people are looking for um, locations to live in, especially in the cities that you're talking about, New York, D.C., I think it's important to know who's your landlord, no pun intended. Uh, I think it's very important to know those things. So what are some of the key issues that you have been finding as far as tenants having with their landlords?
3: Uh, certainly, um, of course, I think one that pops pops the top of everybody's mind is um, security deposits not being returned within that 30-day threshold and no reason giving why. Um, we see that happen a lot. We see the black mold issue is a huge one. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, you know, rent landlords will paint over the, the, the black mold uh, and then rent to the, the next group of tenants, um, which is illegal. You know, um, we see issues where a lot of times it just comes down to communication. So, you know, the maintenance orders will go unfulfilled. Um, or a landlord will not follow up on fixing certain issues. You see heat has been cut off sometimes multiple uh, you know, winter seasons in a row, um, which, again, is illegal um, by any state standards. So it really runs a gambit. And I think one that, you know, the story that always profound to us is when we first launched, within a few days we had one landlord have over 50 reviews, and it was that he was hitting on his female tenants. Oh, um, wow. We, People wouldn't have known that otherwise unless our, our platform brought word of mouth to online. And so, you know, we see all kinds of issues.
1: So one more question. Um, so uh, and I might have missed it, but how do you how, how you how do you generate revenue? What's your what's your monetization strategy? What's your business model? Yeah.
3: Yeah, today, the way we generate revenue is really two key ways. One, we have a partnership with TransUnion. So on our platform, when ventures are inquiring for listings, they can include their credit report, background check, and eviction history. And we split the revenue on that. Okay. Um, but then the bigger way is through our content. So we generate about three to five pieces of content each week. Um, they're all focused on neighborhood insights, community-driven content. Um, and we partnered with Allstate four times now, um, American Express, Roadway Moving. They'll pay us tens of thousands of dollars um, really to be a part of our content as we're getting out to our user base so they know we have about 50,000 readers on the site per month the average reader is reading about four posts per visit um, so if we're talking about credit and financial readiness for millennials we want to be able to say here you can use american express to actually solve these issues um, so that's the two ways we generate revenue currently and the third way which we'll, we'll do cer- soon is charge landlords to post their listings and that'll be a subscription fee they pay each month
0: Gotcha. very cool oh for one more time where do people go to invest in the company
3: They can go to republic.co slash w h o s e your landlord. Who's your landlord?
0: Very cool, Ofo. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the success, and we will certainly uh, be sharing that link on our Facebook pages so that people can uh, catch up with it.
1: Great business, Ofo. Very cool. Thank you
0: so much. Of course, thank you, Jason Scott. Have a good one. All right. You too, man. Thanks. Uh, I'll tell you the one thing before we uh, we head out of here, Jason. That was that's cool about this. Um, Not, I guess, not. It's not cool that it exists, but it's cool that this exists for it is, you know, as it pertains to the conversation, the deeper conversation we've had on the show, people who discriminate, landlords who discriminate and do not rent to certain people based on all kinds of things can be outed.
1: We needed this for
0: Trump back in the 70s. We needed this for Trump a year and a half ago when we elected. We still, it. We, we still need. need it. It, right. We still need it. We still need it. Man, Jason, uh, we've got to go to our commercial before the news. So I want to thank you one more time for coming in. I'm sure we'll have you again uh, more and more. And, and honestly, we shouldn't just do this conversation on Black History Month. We should do this conversation all the time. So thank you so much. Well,
1: I'm here for it. Definitely. Let I know, know you will. We want to have a convert, conversation about it. Let me know.
0: Sounds good to me. Where but, do people uh, go to follow
1: you? So you can follow me on um, LinkedIn, Jason William Johnson. Um, so. You, know, you can find me on LinkedIn or that way. Same name on Facebook. Um, also, if you want to follow the Chicago Urban League, you can go to Shy Urban League um, CEI for our website, for our Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. If you want to follow Chicago Urban League on Twitter, it's at Shy Urban League. Um, Facebook, the Chicago Urban League. Um, yeah.
0: Very cool. Thank you, Jason. Thank you.